0: in this really amazing book called mass for the dead william gibson tells a story out of his own experience seems that his mother died and they had her funeral one morning and then he went through all of the experiences that we do at a funeral of a beloved not only the liturgy, the service, the graveside, but then going back to the house and he begins to tend to his mother's belongings. It's a very difficult enterprise for William Gibson and it is for us as well. He reports going into her favorite reading room in her home and then strangely wanting to sit down in her favorite reading chair. Next to it are her spectacles, on the city in front of him is her old family Bible. He finds himself sitting down in the dark. It's late at night. He's there by himself. There's a little flicker coming from the lamp. Again, strangely, he finds himself putting on her spectacles. Picking up her old family Bible, turning to the pages that are the most Worn. And the most worn were the, was the gospel text for today, John chapter 3. He begins to slowly read through that text, remembering a portion of it where Jesus and Nicodemus are having this fascinating conversation. Don't be surprised, Jesus says, when I say to you, one must be born from above, he reads. The Spirit blows where it wills. You do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. He reads some more. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And then he was quite struck by that 17th verse when John records Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. He reports that in his grief and darkness, he lays the Bible down, takes kind of a gulp, and remembers all of the Sunday school that he had attended, all the character building that his mother had built into him, all the Bible reading that she had done before he went to bed at night. It struck him as he read this text before us, That one cannot live a faith by vicariousness. He realized that out of all of that character training, the only way that he could experience this God that Jesus is talking about to Nicodemus is by his own experience. He then records that he met Jesus in the dark that night. And he was never the same again. How about you? How about me? Have we met God in the dark? Nicodemus did. We're told in this text that he came to visit the rabbi from Nazareth uh, in the old city of Jerusalem. And then we hear, and it was night. That's a vast understatement by John's Gospel. Nicodemus had a troubled soul. We don't know all of the details, but he's slipping in through the old city streets to meet up, sort of, as we can imagine, under a street lamp in the dark with this itinerant rabbi. He has no business being there as a Pharisee, and yet he's searching for something. I think there's a big hope in his soul and he wants to find out how he can answer his troubled soul. He starts with small talk. We say in our own vernacular, hi, how you doing? Doing well. How's your mama? you know, what you've been doing lately. That's how we talk with each other until Jesus then takes the relationship, the conversation to a much deeper level. We realize that Jesus senses what's going on with Nicodemus. And so he goes right to the core. Isn't that true about God's relationship with us? We small talk it around. And then in our communion with the living God, somehow we're, Caught by going to the core. What's Nicodemus searching for? He's searching for his life, for an identity, for a way into the kingdom. Jesus said, Don't be surprised if I say to you to enter the kingdom, one must be born from above. Ah, so that's it. Nicodemus is looking for a way into the kingdom. All of of his accoutrements, all of his structure, all of his rule-keeping has left him empty. He's seeking for something deeper, long-lasting, satisfying for the rest of his life. He meets Jesus in his own darkness. Isaiah met God in the dark as well. Our Old Testament text for today begins with in the king, in the year that King Uzziah died. It was a difficult time in the history of Israel when Isaiah came into his call. The king had died. There was a new monarch coming into the throne. And there was a lot of uncertainty in the year that King Uzziah died. Isaiah shares a darkness with a lot of other people in Scripture. Jeremiah thought he was too young. He was in the dark. Moses was trembling by the bush. Gideon's ministry began in a struggle with the Midianites. Peter's ministry was formed out of denial and betrayal. Paul's journey was shaped in the wake of a violent persecution. He was the leader of it. In our own day, we meet up with the same realities, don't we? In the year that King Uzziah died, could be for us. In the year that Pearl Harbor was bombed. Or in the year that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Or in the year that Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered. Or the morning of 9-11. Or in the midst of a pandemic that sunk the world low and turned us up on our heads. Or in the moments that we remember this weekend, those who were lost on the battlefield, the darkness of war, we remember their ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy. It's this disturbing vision The psalmist talks about it in today's psalm. God's voice shakes the wilderness, we're told. The wilderness of Kadesh. It makes the oak trees writhe, the psalmist said. It's true with us as well. We have some of those moments. Oh, we'd like to say that we meet God in those bright days. When faith is strong and when the economy is sure and when relationships are healthy, when our vocational life seems satisfied, when the church seems to be vibrant. Oh, that's the time when we say that's when we meet God is in those bright, cheery, rosy days as if you and I have to shape ourselves up theologically and spiritually, to then have communion with the living God. (laughs) Nothing could be further from the truth, friends. God knows that we all have, from time to time, with Nicodemus, a troubled soul. When we sit with William Gibson in that chair, and we've had to say goodbye to someone, and realize my faith can't come vicariously, It's in those moments when we appreciate the most about how the trying god can meet us in those conditions with a great compassion and mercy to touch us as the creator as the redeemer and as sustaining grace In 1971, in a particularly dark time of his own life, songwriter Don McLean, remember him? Bye, bye, America pie. Don McLean happened to be visiting the Metropolitan Museum in New York City. A lot of us call it the Met. He had never been to the Met. He was wandering around those many rooms. He went into the impressionistic area and was stunned by a painting that he saw. There was Vincent Van Gogh, The Starry Night. He was mesmerized by it. He couldn't leave it. He stayed in that room for hours looking at the starry night. He was so taken by it. He was compelled then to learn more about Vincent Van Gogh. He learned that Van Gogh painted that exquisite painting after living through a terrible dark night of the soul. You see, Vincent Van Gogh lived at the St. Remy Center for the Insane. He had a little dark room with a window in one corner. He reported that Before the starry night, he looked out that window and it was a gloomy gray night. A lot of wind and swirl and clouds. And yet through all of it, there were a couple stars that burst through. Vincent van Gogh saw that as God's presence. It gave him a sense of hope. Even in the midst of an insane asylum. The next day, he began to paint The Starry Night. He told his brother after he was completed with the painting, This is not one of my best. People are not going to be inspired by it. It inspired me, but this will not do well in the exhibit. Let's just leave it off in the corner somewhere and just forget about it. Do you know it's the only painting in the Met? that is guarded 24 hours a day. On the market today, it would bring $1 billion. I think it's inspired a few people. What do you think? What did Don McLean see in that painting? The same thing that Nicodemus experienced when he met Jesus in the dark. The same thing that Isaiah experienced when in his own difficulties, he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord lifted high above the earth, and a seraph flew, took a hot coal, and touched my lips. That same spirit must have captured Don McLean, because it was during that next week when he penned one of the best songs of 1971. Starry, starry night. Flaming flowers that brightly blaze, swirling clouds of velvet haze, Reflect in Vincent's eyes of China blue. Now I think I know what you tried to say to me, how you suffered for your sanity, how you tried to set them free, They would not listen, they did not know how, perhaps they'll listen now. So I ask us again, have you ever met the living God in the dark? I can imagine on this Trinity Sunday, you and I standing next to Nicodemus. Listening carefully, could it be that the living God's voice would say something like this? As the creator, I made you. I enabled you to be born. You were born with God's very image built into you. Like the majesty of the created order, I made you special. There's never been one like you before, and there will never be another one like you again. Do you know how important the voice says to each of us, how valuable you are to God's reigning order, how your touch is like no other touch, your voice, your skills, your place in the kingdom is like no other. We can also hear that creator voice saying, I made you to live your life for my sake, for the sake of the world, just as I created The wind and the water and the land and the seas, in majesty, I made you. I enabled you to be born. Then we hear a second voice, the voice of the Redeemer. The Redeemer comes along and says, I know that life hasn't always turned out the way that it was intended to that you've gone in some directions that you regret, that you live with some remorse, that some decisions have been made along the course of your journey that have done damage to yourself and to others. I want you to know how you are forgiven, how you can have a new start, a renewal can be yours, a rehabilitation. You can come back into that place that I originally made for you and your destiny has not been lost. You're still as valuable today as the day you were born. The Redeemer comes alongside of us, befriends us, forgives us, brings us mercy. And then says, I enabled you not only to be born, but to be born again. And a third voice comes alongside and says, I'm the, the voice of the sustaining grace. The wind of the Spirit. I blow myself in you. I animate your life. I give creativity. I enable your gifts to be used. Your life to mean something in the world. And your touch to have significance for the larger world. Do you experience this wind as it's blowing in you. Guiding and directing our life. When we go off course to bring us back. To bring us back out of a pandemic and give us new chapters to live. This spirit, this sustaining grace. And that voice says to us, I not only enabled you to be born once upon a time. I not only enabled you to be born again. I enable you to be born again and again and again. Can we, in hearing those marvelous experiences from Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, say with the prophet Isaiah, Here I am. Here I am. Send me. Amen.